0: Amen. Again, Pastor Keith and Pastor Melanie, it is an opportunity for us to continue to show our appreciation and thanks. And when you called on us, I did not hesitate. And I will do it again because we know that you are true men and women of God called out for an assignment to turn the hearts and people to God and to transform their lives. Let me ask you, if you will, those of you who are here to stand. It's a familiar passage of scripture found in Psalm 37. And I am going to be reading from the New King James Version, Psalm 37, verses 1 through 8. In your hearing, you'll find these words. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of man's who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. You may be seated. Today I'm going to attempt to encourage us and to challenge us as we've seen this text many, many times but I wanna uh, encourage us on a message that's entitled Sealed in Season of Trust. And when you think about being sealed, and I, I know that most of you know that whenever we tighten a can or, or, or jar, it's it sealed so tight that, again, you don't want any air to seek in. But when I think of being sealed in a fountain of trust, and when you understand being sealed in that fountain, when we as a people have lived long enough to have experience with life and with relationships, we discover when we talk about being sealed in this fountain of trust, I'm going to challenge you to look at being sealed in the fountain of God's trust. This shifts the narrative for many of us when out of all the living and the relationships that we've been in, when you understand that God can be trusted, when you shake off all situations and circumstances that you've been involved in that you wanted to trust someone with your life or trust someone with possessions or things, now change that narrative that everything you do is going to be sent around being sealed in the fountain of God's trust. Uh, It's been stated that only faith in God and trust in him gives us the strength to endure and obtain victory. Now, it's easy for Pastor Everett to stand here and continue to share these words, but you've got to take ownership Of those words. You gotta apply those words as you hear them. And so when you understand how faith works and how God desires us to continue to be led by the Spirit, I come to encourage you that there's a time and a place that out of everything we've been through in life, you've got to trust God. Can I get a witness in that that you've gotten to a place that some things you tried to do yourself? Uh, you've sought other people out for help, and I'm not stating that we don't need each other and we don't need help from one another, but most of you have at least reached one place in your life that you just had to trust God with it. I, I wish I had a witness here that, 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 that sometimes you have to understand out of all that you have been doing. And out of all the things that you have been trying to do, you found out that you were investing more of your time in some people who did not respect you for who you were. And then you had to learn that you had to start investing your time in God. Can I get a witness? And you start investing your time in God and you started investing your time in the word of God and looking at how you're living your life to learn how to trust him. Can I get a witness here? You can wave your hand that that you've doubted some things in life and things kept coming up. One situation here, another situation there. But there you had to learn how to trust God with what you were going through. And I would say that many of us need to understand there's some new dimensions that we need to enter into. There are some new situations that God is going to bring to us. That There are some times where you have to understand where your commitment level is and how God is developing us through his word. Many of us are going to continue to go through life seeking ways to trust other people and we're still not sure. So I come to just kind of let you off the hook. Whether they treat you like you want to be treated or not, you still got to trust God. Whether they respect you for who you are, you still got to trust God. Yes, we look at this familiar passage of text and we see this familiar person by the name of David who writes this text. David, David, most of us know so much about David's life. But I want to ask you as I begin to kind of segue into the scriptures to think about David's life and your life. What have you gone through in life that allows you to have trust God? Before anything else went awry. I mean, I, I, just, I just want to ask that question. If you can go back to when you were eight, to when you were nine, 14, 15, and some of us are in our 50s. Give me, can, can I get a few of you out there that know? Amen. See, watch this. You might think just getting old has nothing to do with God, but God have kept us until 50s. Amen. So he kept you when you were eight going through. Right. Yeah. But watch this. This is the plug in. God called David at a young age. Y'all got to stay with me. Stay in there. You know his life. Some of you sitting here now, you know what you've gone through. But God, when his trustworthy self, kept you when you were going through as a young child until the adult years. I'm going to set the stage and kind of land it because you can understand. Ground yourself. You ought to tell God, thank you right now for keeping you and had a plan for your life when you were young. Some of you don't even understand, sometimes God is calling your children to something great. Some of them were nine, they're ten, and now they're adults in here. You're walking in that greatness. Somebody ought to thank God that he had a plan for your life. Watch this. David David was called as a king, but, but even before that, he was keeping sheep. Now, now you got to stay with me because some of you are, I just I grew up on the farm, and I had to do all kinds of stuff. But now, I'm not keeping sheep, but I'm tending sheep. Oh my God, y'all in y'all in here with me now? You see, God will call you to a place that you'll do more as an adult than you could ever think when you were young. You know how it has been said you'll never amount to anything? But look at you now. Look at your life in the presence of God right now. Now, I want to kind of give you the plug-in that David fought a bear and David fought a lion. You have to ask yourself the question, what are the things I'm fighting now? What is it that God is allowing you to have to fight through to prepare you for the test of your leadership? Oh, y'all need to write that one down because this is how he's feeding me now. See, you see, David had to fight a lion and a bear, and what God was doing was preparing him to become the warrior he needed to be. I want to talk to my brothers in here. God is preparing you to be warriors. You are supposed to be a warrior over your family. You're supposed to be the one to take care of your family. You're supposed to be the one to stand in the gap for your family. David messed up, but God could still be trusted. Amen. Lord, I wish I had a few. Weeks. We all messed up. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Yes. So when we look at these verses, the first part it says, do not fret. Do y'all know some people fretting today? Let me go ahead and make all, all of us, so if, if you fretted before, Amen. your stuff's been setting off. Yes. You've been doing everything you could to walk out this relationship with God and you found yourself fretting. Why would David tell us not to fret? Do you think David fretted in his lifetime? Oh, yes, yes, yes I, I believe so. That's why he tells us, but watch what he He makes it real keen. He's no longer desiring to fret because of what evildoers are doing. So we got to look around today in this world what are people doing? There are some people that's getting over to get over on somebody else but you can't live that way. That's right. hey. There are some people got some things going on it looks like they've got the best of the best they've got all the financial wealth but you can't walk that way. That's right. Somebody can try to encourage you to, to get into a deal or a relationship with them but you cannot live that way. Yeah. That's right. so, so what's happening he's telling us When we start fretting and when we start worrying, it leads to harm. That's that verse 8. And I want to just kind of plug in that when we fret and when we worry, it leads to harm. But he said everything that God does has a design. It has a pattern. It has a purpose. It has a provision. And it has a process. Can I say that again? Everything that God does has a pattern, has a design, it has a purpose, and it has a provision, and it has a process. And so while many of us would rather uh, not allow God to enter into that space, we would have to push us to trust him, we find out that we become recipients of harm when others do us wrong. I look out at you today, and for those that are online, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Look inward. What is causing you to fret? Is it some person? Is it a situation? Is it something that you've been carrying for a while? And I'm going to be transparent. Most of us can relate to the times that when something negative happened to us, we responded out of that negativity to other people. And that causes harm. Causes harm to me. Watch this. Now people can't trust me. We want to be trusted. But watch this. God is still watching, and he can be trusted. Yes, when we get sealed in this fountain of trust, we must actually look at a couple other things in here. And I'm going to ask you a question. What do you desire God to do in your life right now? I'm talking about you and you. Have you talked to him lately? (laughs) Have you asked him for some things? I don't want to go back to 10 years ago. I want to talk about right now. I need to plug us in because really, I don't know about you, but God has been faithful through the pandemic. God has been trustworthy through the pandemic. But I had to learn to shift my focus off me so that I could praise God for taking us through. He says, do not fret because of those evildoers and what they're doing. Now, now this is going to help us to understand some of you may not know this, but Bernard Madoff passed away this week. I'm trying to give y'all a real illustration of what it's like for people that have done evil. And we want those things to go away like that. But it's God's timing. So I'm trying to tell you that what God is doing is when it talks about those that will wither. Some will die out. But here's what I want to get you to understand. Why are you going to wait till they die before you praise them? Why will we wait till they die before we give them glory? So let's go to verse 2. It says, for they shall soon be cut off. There it is. Cut down like grass and wither as green herb. Now here's where we all can take an opportunity to see ourselves in the text. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Amen. You see, this, this is about you and God. And I've come to the place that I actually wanted to, to, to see people treating me with respect and trust. And I wanted them to trust me. But, but i got to trust God. Yeah. See the change? I've got all my focus on all these other people, but I don't have my trust in the one who created me. And so as we look at this fretting, I'm going to segue this into when you see yourself fretting, I would challenge you to start observing what God is doing. When you're fretting, start observing what God is doing. See, so because when you start fretting and now you shift your focus off the issues or the people's circumstances and then you get to the place where you see God, what is he doing while I'm fretting? What, what am I watching and what am I waiting and I'm seeking God for? But when you observe what God is doing, you find out that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can keep God from being trusted. But oftentimes we quit focusing on God and we're looking at the situation. You see, here's another piece you have to understand. I can't give it all to you, but if David has lived all this time, would you believe that he had to take his focus off people, comparing himself to others, comparing what they have and how they got what they got? I need to tell you today, take your focus on what they have, what they're doing. Don't measure yourself against other people. Lord, I wish I had a witness in here. I know many of us have been guilty of measuring ourselves with other people, but we cannot measure ourselves on what they do, what they have. We got to measure ourselves according to who God created us to be. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Compare yourself to how he made you. Y'all ought to just slap somebody a high five and say, look at God and what he's done for you. Observe God. Observe God and his character. Observe God what he's doing specially for you. Anybody know that God has done some special things just for you? Yes, You've got to give praise to God. I I just want you to take your focus off any situation and watch what he's doing. Observe God. Even in a pandemic. And we don't need to keep raising it. It's a reality now. So how are you going to live tomorrow? So we've got to trust him. And here's what I've learned that while David is really giving us the context of what he's experienced, you are experiencing God right now. That's why I asked you the question earlier, what do you want him to do for you right now? First, you might want to experience God right now. Right where I am, I want to experience God. When I walked in here, the anointing was so high, the, the, the praise atmosphere was set. You had to be pulled in. And when you start seeing that, that's a God thing. That's a God thing. When your heart melts. When the atmosphere is set and right for God, it just shakes off stuff that you've gone through. Some of y'all know that you may have had a tough week, but walking in here or in the presence of God will shake off some stuff and you no longer have to worry. What am I saying? Pastor? Everett, tell me how I need to trust God. Forget about those words. That's right. Amen. Don't even fret about it. I'm going to make it real simple. I'm going to just bring it down home for you. Get over it. Yeah. You know how many people walking around fretting and, and wanting you to be worried about what they are worrying about? Get over it. I'm sitting back and I can't move. I can't do. I can't even praise God. I can't thank him. And I'm worried about what they are worrying about. Get over it. What they've done, what they said, what they say you'll never be, what you never do. Get over it. how you start trusting God you're not controlled by what they say what they do you're trusting God if you're walking in truth and righteousness you can trust this process it's got a design to it and you got to be held accountable for what he's deposited in you that's why I say you got to start investing your time in God invest your time in his word invest your time and re- what's this David was called to be a king and David had to be able to care about other people. Amen. I'm in your pocketbook right now. Right. You see, you're thinking that all this trust that you would have to deliver was just about you, but God was calling David to a kingship to be concerned about moving some people ah, to his presence. So all this fretting I've been doing, all this stuff I've been going through, it's never about you. It's never about me. God is conditioning us and fixing us so that we can walk in greater so somebody else can get some love and compassion. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. They may not know how to love you. They don't know how to treat you. Get over it. But God just showed you what it means to be able to walk out this principle. Being sealed in his fountain of trust. Notice it's not the other people. If you stay locked on other people and what they're doing in this world, we will never get that far. So look around. I see some babies in here. I see some husband. I see some wives. I see some mothers. I see men. I see women. I see boys. I see girls. What am I saying? I see relationship. Watch this. David had to trust Saul. Mm, y'all know the story. David did not put his hands on Saul. Going a little bit further. There ought to be at least one person in your life that you can trust. Mm -hmm. Jonathan befriended David. Mm -hmm. David could at least have some earthly trust in a father who wanted to kill him, but he had a son who loved David. Can I walk in there with you? I'll get out of your pocketbook now, and I'll just get in your hip pocket. Mm -hmm. Watch what I'm saying. Everything that God was preparing him for was showing him that God could be trusted with what David was called to. Some of you sitting here now, the friction and the stuff you're going through, God is entrusting you with how you're going to get through it. What are the choices and what are the decisions that we're going to make? So you got to trust in the Lord and do good. Do good when everybody's knocking at your door, calling you scandalous, whatever they want, but do good. I know I got a few winners here. You wanted to curse me out, but you didn't. You had to say, I'm in here now. I tell you, I'm in your hip pocket now. You wanted to say those foul words, but you didn't. You had to do good because you know God was working on you. David could have killed Saul, but Saul was called by God. David knew that he could not touch what God has already put in place. Let me help somebody. Don't you put your hands on him. in here, I don't know about you all, but I'm telling you now, you got to understand, there's some people who will love for you not to know what they're doing. Yeah. They can come in here and act real pretty. But see, you have to balance this teaching. David screwed up, but God restored him. Wave your hand. <laughs> Bless God for restoration. Bless God for restoration. Bless God for forgiveness. Watch this. God can call you at an early age and you mess up and he still sends you. I just said something of y'all. Every person that's in the body of Christ, if you've ever messed up, show your hand but God restored you. That's freedom right there. That's liberty right there. How can you walk in this without God calling you to it? Yes, we got to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Now, when you start trusting in him, notice the pathway, God said it. But he says you got to trust him. Right. With all my heart, I've struggled in that one. Anybody else, you struggle with it? There's, there's this is stuff that you know that you need to make a decision for, but now I got to entrust it to God? There's some stuff where other people saying what you're going to do and I'm going to have to wait on God and all of a sudden I realize I can't take my pathway, but I got to go God's pathway. I'm going to say something around this area when you start trusting in God and leaning out to your own understanding. Most times we're confronted with a situation and that situation is packed with conflict. And when the conflict comes, most of us know how to run. Yes, that's right. When the conflict comes, most of us know how to play the solid treatment. When the conflict comes, most of us know how to shut people down. Yes, yes. And you wondering why you' fretting? No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is, even when conflict comes. Walk into it. That's a challenge for all of us. When conflict comes, walk into it. Did you not know David, if he fought a bear, he fought a lion, and now Saul tried to kill him. What was he doing? Walking into the conflict. Because the the day that you read your Bible, I know it's in mine, he cut off a snip of a piece of Saul's clothing. So he walked into To let Saul know, I could have. I wish some of y'all had that conversation this week. I could have. Oh, I heard somebody say, I should have. (laughs) No, you wouldn't be sitting here today. But some of us have those moments. We've already had some could've, shouldas. But watch what, what, what this context helps us when we start trusting in the Lord. When you start facing and dealing with the conflict, you're going to learn how to make healthy choices. God, man, this is good for me. I mean, I've read this over and over again, but for me to dig in it like this, the more I face the conflict, it helps me make healthy choices. I didn't want to face it. I would just push it back. And guess what? It just gets worse. Another piece builds up on another piece, and all of a sudden we got this mountain and a mole here, and we want to seek help, but we hide behind the pride and don't get help. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so we got years going by because we didn't face the conflict. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, face it, walk into it. If you're being fed the word of God and God is speaking to you, trust him. walk into it so Deuteronomy 39, the B B portion of that verse says the Lord will, and I'm looking at this next piece where it says delight yourself in the Lord. We have quoted that scripture. uh, We've heard it preached. We've been in teachings with it. But I want to challenge you today. When you understand the delight yourself in the Lord, what does that look like for you? What kind of interaction is going on and what is going on in my thought process? Mm -hmm. God, I know you're there, but I'm going to go ahead and do this. God, I know you said, but I can't wait right now. But I'm just asking you, what does it look like to delight yourself in the Lord? What does the delighting look like when it comes to you finding the truths that God can be trusted through his word? I hope that when you look at the delighting, when you look at this in 30 and 9, it says, The Lord will again delight in you. I messed up, but God is still willing to delight himself in me when I delight myself in him. That ought to free you right there. That ought to help you understand that God has a plan. He has a process and provision of how he works in our lives. Then He goes on and says he'll make you prosperous. I just got a testimony today that God has prospered some of you all since the pandemic, in the pandemic, and he'll prosper you out of it. I'm not just talking, oh. Prosper you when you delight in him. Wear your smile. I can't see it behind your mask. But look the Bible. The word is telling you when you delight yourself in him. Out of all the fretting, the Bible says stop fretting and go delight in the Lord. And he'll come back to you again and then he'll prosper you. I'm not limiting the prosper to that financial blessing you want, that material blessing. I'm talking about spiritually prosper you. And I'm talking about being able to make healthy decisions that will make you more better for use of God when somebody comes and they got a wow, wow moment, some fretting going on. Here you are. God got you standing in a position to care and to have compassion to show them that you've got that same fountain of trust from God. Now you got to walk them through it. That's right. That's right. Psalm 139, 1 through 7. I, I don't want to read all of that, but the, that message version set me. It, just, it says, God, investigate my life. I, I'm going to invest in God and I'm going to put my time in his word. I'm going to put my time in a relationship building with him. But the writer says in the message, God investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. We, even though the writer writes that, you all not know God doesn't know all the stuff that we've got. He knows all our baggage. He knows what's going on with it. So it's not like he's asking God to find something that he already don't know is there. Amen. He says, I'm an open book to you. That's the kind of trust that we need. God, I messed up today. I need you to work through me. See, that's that's the problem. You're building this relationship. God is developing you so that you get to this place where you are open book before God. He says, even from a distance. So wherever you go, God is with you. Watch this. How many of y'all get up and you go to work and you compartmentalize your day? I'm just at work today. But you go to the grocery store and you go back. I'm just at home. No, watch this. Full view. Every day you get up, it's you and God. Wherever you go, it's you and God. Whatever you do, it's you and God. And when other people are watching, it's still you and God. So I'm really trying to bring it. When you get up, don't compartmentalize your day. Because God is going to watch you when you get up. He's going to watch you when you go out. And he's going to watch you when you come back in. I'm in the pocket. I'm in it. I'm in in it. I'm getting in the other pocket. Watch this. He's in your household. He's in your marriage. He's in your relationships. He's in your secret phone call. I heard one right. I hear amen. So so if you were to read through that in its entirety, all he's saying is God knows everything about me. When you start trusting him, he knows everything. So whatever you go through, entrust it to him. Number four, I want to look at that next verse where it says commit your way to the Lord. This is truly the seal. That's that's where the seal takes place. And and the only reason I'm pausing at verse four, because what I have discovered in my own life, and I'm sure some of you can relate, this committing piece, it's hard for people. Because if you've been in a relationship that you can't trust, how are you going to Commit. And that's why we see people going here and there, they're bouncing, they're hopping, they're jumping all over, and then they want people to trust them. But they haven't committed. Now, this is a big one. If you haven't committed to the Lord, why do you want people to commit to you? God, man, y'all need to ride that one with me. Why would we create a big old fuss, getting all upset, messed up, want to hurt people, and we have not committed to God? So that's a good message for you to kind of observe God and when you observe people so when you start committing to God there's some vital things that has to happen and you've got to be clear when you start committing to God you've got to be clear what is your desire can I make this real practical some of y'all entered into new relationships and you already had the question in your head but you waited six weeks before you asked I wish I had a few women and said the devil is a lie what am I saying there's some people that have been in relationships and they, they, they got out of one and they hopped in another one but didn't get healed. You've been praying to God, send me somebody but you didn't send your heart to Jesus. See, he's looking for that commitment. And if you've ever been broken, messed up, get over it. Get your heart right with God. Commit yourself to God. And when you start committing yourself to God, he's going to prosper you. He ain't going to let junk show up in your face and you don't see it and don't know it's coming. I'm talking to the brothers, too. You know that's women out there trying to get you, too. I wish I had one brother in here. I heard Minister Lamar. They out there. They broke, busted, hurt, and they looking for somebody to attach that messed up heart to. And all of a sudden we get caught up because we, we dismiss being committed to God. He got you out of it. He said, basically what he said, get over this, I'm gonna take you out. And guess what we do? Oh, I'm missing. Late night call. Here it comes. God got you out. Told you how to trust him. He kept you alive. And he received commitment. Commit your way to the Lord. What way is that? My life. My whole being. How I live. And so God is showing us that he wants us to trust him. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There are so many times we have been prone to do things that were right for us. But when you come into the relationship with God, the whole game plan changes. It seemed right. But further down the road, 6 months, it's all wrong. The decision, the choice we made is all wrong. So this amazing level of spiritual growth and development that you're going through, it has a purpose. Your decisions and your choices that you make, they have a purpose. You see, God has given David long life now. David has lived for a while. Don't you ever discount the wisdom that God gives you through your living. Amen. I, 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 I can hear somebody saying, well, Pastor, my, most of my life has been bad experiences. Man, I wish you would get connected to the God we serve. He's going to turn all those bad experiences to a prosperous one. you got to find the joy in knowing that God gives you life and he gives it to you more abundantly when you desire him. I'm going to ask a couple other questions. I think about, you know, how did you experience the power of God in a difficult time? Ponder that for a minute. I'm not trying to keep you focused on what people have done to you. I'm trying to get you focused on what God, how did you experience his power? If all of you had to get up and tell, we could be here at 5 o'clock today, but we can't do it. (laughs) We're talking about experiencing the power of God while you trust him. Experiencing the power of God while you are literally beginning to commit your life or your way to him. So I'm going to give you just a few other things that I think when it comes to this commitment piece, I can tell you, David is really walking in leadership like no no other, to be entrusted as a king. Battle after battle. Most of you remember the story when they were at Ziglag and he asked, shall we pursue? Literally, he's seeking God for that. That's your decision making. Seek God. How you raise your children, seek God. How you love your wife. Seek God. How you love your husband. Seek God. How you enter into God's presence. Seeking him. I'm trying to bring down all these things that's causing us to get a little bit disconnected. And then we'll find out we're going back. But I want you to stop the zigzag and go straight in. Get right to God. And When you get there, bring all this stuff that you got while you don't got over some stuff. Some stuff's going to still happen. So I'm gonna just kind of tell you the, the, the last, or just the last two, verse seven, rest in the Lord. Why? Well, rest in the Lord. After you done got over some stuff that you couldn't sleep at night, now he said, rest. You know, David running for his life, hiding in caves, and Saul trying to kill him. He's resting in the Lord. Sometimes we don't we don't always receive the rest because. You got all these things on your agenda. I, I can hear. I can hear you. I, I don't know who it is. You already got your week planned out. I, 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 don't, don't say it. Don't say it. I know you already over in Friday, and today is Sunday. And Pastor, ever come up in here talking about resting in the Lord? What's that look like? Watch this you've been working all week doing all this stuff. Come on, Mary and Martha. All these other people sitting around doing nothing. Fretting now, because you see other people sitting around. But he said, rest. So, See, resting means you got to take some time with God. Yes. David knew what it was like to be in those caves, hiding and having to just stay there while God keep him sealed. There it is. Yes. He can trust God even in a cave. Can you trust God in your situation? Yes. Can you trust God with your marriage? Yes. Can you trust God with your children? Yes. Can you trust God with all of you? Yes. I used to tell people I was a piece of work growing up. You know, brothers in here, your mama call you hard-headed, you don't listen, you don't, you, I mean anybody in here, but God can arrest you, yes. cause you to settle down. And rest in him. Resting in the Lord gives you the ability to put away some things that you will be worrying about and get in his word. I need to make it clear when you start resting in the Lord, some people don't think you're sitting around doing nothing. I need to go ahead and serve that notice so y'all can let the people off the hook. Don't mess with them. You can ask them what they're doing, but if they tell you they're resting in the Lord, they're trying to hear from the Lord. They got some decisions to make. Watch this. This is good. This is good for me. It's coming up right now. You've got some decisions that you need to make for next week, but if you don't rest in them, how will He make it clear? If you don't pull away from all this hustle and bustle and all this busy stuff. I know you in here. I can hear you. You got a party today. There's a cookout next week, Saturday night, and then you're going to rush up in here on Sunday. How have you been resting? How are we resting in the Lord? And I would say it's like a superhighway. And you'll ride on that superhighway. At some point you'll see a broke down car. Imagine if that's you in your house just sitting while all this stuff in life is just moving. What is God doing? He's setting you up for that fountain. That's how the anointing comes in. And that's when you start hearing people speak about God and the word and when the praises start, you start seeing that they've been resting in the Lord and God's been sealing them so when he brings them out, you ought to to read your Bible. He says, your righteousness will shine. Where the brothers that didn't hear where you see the righteousness on your wife? Come on, talk back to them. Man, won't that give you a peace of mind? When God lets you see the righteousness of your wife shining, now, let me not skip that. You need to let her see some righteousness in you. Amen. Rest in the Lord. Now, the verse also says, be patient or wait. Familiar passage of scripture, Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's why you're still here. You're learning to wait on the Lord. And when you wait, be a good cheer. Let somebody else know how glad you are. I'm not faking my gladness. I, I faked enough in life. I'm not faking now. When the God blessed me, I got hey. I don't have to fake this. You don't have to fake telling people how glad you are. Mm-hmm. Finally, when you rest in the Lord and you're being patient, it goes on to say it again, don't fret. Now, David, I was so happy, I'm lifted up high. And he came right back to verse one again. Saying, don't fret. Do y'all know what that looks like? Did I know that he's speaking to all of us? Amen. I was glad last week. But here come another problem. And he's trying to tell us you have the propensity to start all over again. But you got to fight not to keep fretting. When you're sealed in the fountain of of God's trust, notice what I said. When you are sealed in God's fountain of trust, what can man do to you? I I said that loud. I heard one over, nothing with some assertiveness. You've got to be confident. And I'm going to say to you, some of you sitting here now, there's some relationships that you're in. It's distorting your view. There's some people you love dearly. But what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're interacting with you is distorting your view. And what David's saying, if, if I keep cycling through this, I'll start fretting again. But he learned how to get with God and he kept his focus on him. So the big picture is, if David learned how to trust in the Lord... Did Jesus learn how to trust in the God who sent him? Everything Jesus did was for you and I. And he trusted the Father. That fountain is still overflowing right now. That fountain of trust that God has, that he gave to his son, is flowing through the power of the Holy Spirit. That fountain of trust that you're sealed in, you ought to just thank God right where you are and give him glory and give him honor. God, I thank you for sealing me in this fountain of trust. God, I thank you for sealing my mind in this fountain of trust, sealing my heart in this fountain of trust. My way is not like man, it's now like God's. I pray that you have a desire to walk this out being sealed in this fountain of trust. God wants to be your protector. He wants to be your shield. He'll be your battle axe. He'll fight for you. I heard the praise team say, I have victory. I I have victory. Anybody have victory today? That's my name. I have victory. I praise God, and I'm hopeful and proudful that as you revisit this text, whether it's a, a devotion or you hear another sermon, I've tried to get you to the place where you understand how to observe God when you're going through it. Yeah. I hold that thought, but, but while you're observing God, God is still doing what God does. Right. God is not phased by all this crazy stuff people are doing. That's why he had the plan of redemption in place. He already know these people don't go crazy. Yeah. And I've been there too. I ain't going to let y'all off the hook. We've all been there. But guess what? We should be better. We should be getting better after all we've been through. So I pause here and just, again, say thank you. Don't go to work and say, well, we didn't have a pass. pass key wasn't in. And then be guilty of not telling them what you got. Sealed. And a fountain of trust. That's your doorway. They're going to ask you, what is that about? Now there's your testimony. Your righteousness is shining right on the workplace. Your righteousness is shining in the grocery store. You're sealed in it. And God is entrusting you to the heart of another soul. You're not here just to get packed full. God is sealing you to minister to share and to be compassionate and to care about everybody else. Now, that's a big one for some of us who don't really know what I'm saying when it comes to your life and the stuff you've been through. What I'm asking you to do is get out of your selfishness. Get out of your selfishness and stop just being all about me. You're bigger than that. And God is calling you to something bigger. Who, me? That's what we say. Out of all I've done, me? And he said, I'm going to trust you. Stay sealed in it. So I give praise to God. Thank you, Pastor Keith and Pastor Melanie, and certainly again to Minister Lamar and the Ask Christian Center. I give God praise, glory, and honor for this opportunity to share this time with you. Amen.